there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. Welcome back to Alluring, our folklore podcast, where we tell you the history and stories of different legends and lore from around the world. And we are super excited today because I didn't change the notes, but we have some guests here with us from the Of Slippers and Spindles podcast. Do you two want to introduce yourselves? Hello, I'm Drew. I'm Cassie. Goodness, and they are absolute gems. They have been recording oh, with us all day. So <laughs> if they're not sick of us yet, that means you guys are going to adore them as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get right into it. But first, do you guys just want to say like a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your show? We'll do call to actions at the end, but just so people know who is sitting around the campfire with them today. Yeah, so... Our podcast is of slippers and spindles, and we are all about fairy tales and fairy tale retellings. So each month we choose, uh, so each month we choose a different fairy tale, and we discuss different retellings of that, different books and movies. So the example I'd like to give is our very first month we did Cinderella, and so we looked at Ella Enchanted and Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella and Disney's version of Cinderella and Ever After starring. Drew Barrymore, and Cinder by Marissa Meyer. So that was like our Cinderella month, and then we moved on to Sleeping Beauty, and then we did Rapunzel, and then we did Little Red Riding Hood, and right now we are in the middle of Rumpelstiltskin month. They're so delightful. I feel I feel a lot of our listeners will really like your guys' stuff, so go give them a little listen to. Well, after this episode, learn the chaos, and then go over to something a little bit more calmer waters kind of thing. <laughs> I think you're right, though. I think there's a lot of overlap in the interest between, you know, fairy tales and folklore and all that kind of stuff. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get right into this. Uh, we like to ask what people find alluring, just to start off our episode. Um, Ryan, do you want to lead the path? And then we'll yeah. ask Drew and Cassie what they like. So I have a two-parter. The first parter is just a little bit of an update. Um, I did survive covid um, I was very sick. Um, I was this going to come out after? Yes. Okay, perfect. Well, <laughs> if you heard me in the last episode, I was rough. I listened to it. Very bad. Feeling good now. Now, the real alluring thing is, as everyone here knows, um, 
the Santa Claus movie is getting a reboot. <laughs> Tim Allen's the Santa Claus. Terrible, um, tragic day. Um, but the, I just saw the trailer for a movie called Violent Night, which has um, Hopper from Stranger Things playing like a vigilante Santa Claus <gasps> who oh like gosh. someone like breaks into these kids house on Christmas and they're like we should call Santa he can help us and it's like they're on my naughty list and it it's gonna make up for Tim Allen getting a reboot <laughs> is what I'm saying I'm very excited go look up the trailer if you have not already oh, and and if you guys don't know Ryan has very, very strong feelings about Tim Allen's Santa Claus movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Um, I think it's the worst movie ever made. Um, oh, my gosh. Listen, the, the, I, I'm not going to, I could go for a while about it. Um, but I'm, I'm in shock right now. It's like one of my must-watch Christmas movies every year. Tim Allen's a terrible person. Oh, well, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> and the second like, and third movies are messes, but the atrocious. first one is yeah. so good. My, so the TLDR of my um, why I don't like it, first off, he kills Santa. None of the elves care. Um, what happened to Mrs. Claus? Because um, you have to be married to be a Santa Claus, as is established in Santa Claus 2. And but you can I'm be a Santa saying, for so long before you have to get the Mrs. Claus, and we don't know I, how I long guess. the previous Santa. That's fair. That's fair. He took him out in his prime. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I recommend giving a listen to our um, Santa episode from last year. Yeah, um, it's definitely on the listening list. Yeah, now. yeah. Um, it's called Tim Allen Santa's Chaotic Evil. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but I'm very excited for a vigilante Santa movie with David Harbour. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's going to be terrible in all the best ways. (laughs) Tis the season. Yeah. (laughs) All right, well, jumping from the Santa Santa movie, not fan to Santa movie fan. Drew, what's your (laughs) Lorraine page? Oh my gosh. So you guys are going to be so sick of me talking about Marissa Meyer because I keep bringing her up on our episode and then I talked about her between our recordings and now I'm going to talk about her again because I am two thirds of the way through my reread of Gilded by Marissa Meyer, which is the first in her Rumpelstiltskin duology retelling. And I'm just, I have so many questions. I'm so enthralled in this story and the second book comes out in two days and I am so excited to get all of the answers to my questions. And then at the end of the week on Saturday, she is going to be in my town doing a book signing. So I'm going to get to meet her and she'll sign my books and I have questions for her and I'm so excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have like a little list of questions you're going to take? I Cause do. I, I can see, I have the perfect vision of you at the book signing, like three people down where you're like holding the book with your list. Like, That's pretty, adorable. pretty accurate about what's going to happen. <laughs> that's so precious. I love that. Take all the photos because that's how you got to do it. That's the sure. plan. That's the plan. One of my favorite books of all time is her Alice in Wonderland prequel, Heartless. Ooh. It's about how the Queen of Hearts becomes the Queen of Hearts. And there's a reveal in that book that she knows that I know about 
through a mutual friend, but she doesn't know that's me. So I'm really excited to be like, hey, you know that reveal that you talked about with this person? I was a person that like that person talked about. It's it's uh, I have the whole conversation planned out in my head and it's going to go perfectly. I'm sure. That's awesome. <laughs> You're like, I'm so I've been excited for you. It. Yeah. <laughs> that's so amazing. Oh my goodness. That's a good one. Yeah. Fangirl all your little heart can. Basically. Enjoy Absolutely. the moment. And I, I get starstruck so easily. So I know that like my heart is going to be like pounding the entire time. So <laughs> it's going to be an experience. Yeah. You got to like go on a treadmill and like ask the questions <laughs> as you're running just so, get used yeah, to so it. that your heart rate's <laughs> so ready. Practice. Yeah. Good idea. There you go. All right, Cassie, your turn. What did you find alluring? Mine's not as exciting as that because <laughs> I don't get to meet famous. Well, I shouldn't say I don't get to meet famous authors. I'm a children's librarian, so I actually get to meet quite a few of them. <laughs> she meets um, famous authors I, all the time. I'm meeting a whole bunch of picture book authors at a conference next weekend. But um, nice. I got to take a semi-impromptu road trip yesterday, um, three hours across my state, to go surprise one of my former students at a performance that he was in. Uh-oh. And um, originally I didn't think I was going to be able to go. So I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm really sorry. And then I found out that I could. And so I was like, we're not going to tell him. We're just going to show up and it's going to be great. And Aww. so we drove three and a half hours and I said, okay, here's the plan. I'm going to text him and say like, break a leg. And when he responds back, I'm going to take a picture of the two of us in the theater and I'll say, because you have fans here and then he'll be so excited. And that's exactly what I did. And then he, his response to because you have fans here was, oh, shucks. Hello. I'm so glad um, we're recording tonight. And so I'll make sure that you guys get to see the show. And I was like, he does not understand that we are in the theater <laughs> right now, that we are here. And so I had to take a picture of the actual, his actual stage with his set. Awesome. And be like, no, we're sitting. We drove. Well, all day. frontal lobes not developed quite yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was super that. excited, and the show was great. They did The Importance of Being Earnest, um, which is one of my favorite shows anyway. Uh, and they did a great job with it, and he was so excited to see us. And then we drove three hours back and got home at after midnight. <laughs> so it was Whoa. fine, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Nice. That's great a day. road trip. That's how you do a good road trip. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. That's still so fun. Man, if I had, I only had like, three teachers I liked from high school. And if any of them like showed up to one of my art shows, I would totes cry. <laughs> so that's so sweet. I think it's so sweet. You did that. Well, like, cause I, um, I direct and teach theater, um, mm-hmm. not at a school, but at a, a company in the town I live in. And so that's where he was one of my students. And I told him as we were leaving, I was like, tell everybody they did a great job. It's not going to mean much coming from this stranger. And he's like, no, it'll mean a lot. I talk about you all the time with them. And Aww. I was like, I would have I would have cried ugly crying in a theater in in Athens Ohio like yeah (laughs) you're like it's it's dark it's 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 I'm sneezing it's allergies (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so sweet I love that so much those are both such good alluring things and then Ryan's is just pure chaos (laughs) (laughs) oh what about you Kimmy man what did I put on my list um, I'm getting my first tattoo tomorrow. Ooh, that's exciting. Ooh. So I'm hyped. I just ran around and got the numbing cream today because I nice. am a wimp and I'm going <laughs> to make sure that I don't feel as much pain as I need to. But I'm super excited about that. 
Um, that's my alluring to be thing. And I'm also decorating for the holidays. So the house is like Kesha after a concert in early 2000s. And <laughs> it's going great. <laughs> I, I almost made my alluring thing that it's like Christmas season. Christmas I love time. Christmas season. So I'm right there with you. Did you design your tattoo? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, oh. so people... I think it's so sweet where people like my art enough where they're like, oh, so you made your own tattoo. And I just can't because I feel I'm too critical of my work. Mm. Like if I give my work to people, I'm not because I see it as a gift. But if it's something for myself, I'm like judging it like God does his sinners, you know, like, it's so <laughs> awful. So I'm doing like a flower piece on my arm, just like black line art flower piece that's all i want that's all i've wanted for years and it's gonna be so cool i'm so excited i'm so excited Yay, that's I'm, great and i like i wear a lot of like shoulder shirts so i'm gonna be like look at that, nice. that yes. there. oh you mean my tattoo oh well since you want to talk <laughs> about it <laughs> and like i i'm doing it so ryan on the picture i have for our liquor and lore drawing i did of us Mm-hmm. The side where the shoulder showings where I want to have the tattoo, so I'm going to like sketch nice. it in there. Just add on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> add, Smart. Add the little details. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really give you a good transition. Um, oh yeah, speaking of little things. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the show. Cue campfire sounds. That's a good one. I like that. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Today do I bake, tomorrow I brew, the day after the queen's child comes in. And oh, I'm glad that nobody knew that the name I am called is Rumpelstiltskin. Bet you could guess what we're talking about. Uh, Go ahead, Kimmy. So if you find yourself locked in a tower after your father hyped up an impossible skill you didn't possess, and you better start crying. And no, not because you failed an impossible task, you'll die, but because if you cry, a little Fay is bound to appear and help you out of your current predicament. But be warned, he may ask for your firstborn, and no matter how long it takes, he will come back to collect. This week, we'll be talking about the mischievous Rumpelstiltskin. This baby-snatching Fae has been told in many different oral stories from around the world, but is most famously known from the Brother Grimm stories during the 18th century in Europe. So now, and again, you guys, feel free to interrupt whenever. Sounds good. <laughs> we, we always have to tell, tell our guests, because I feel bad interrupting, and I'm a chatty Cathy, so cut me off. It's completely fine. This is a friendly Mario Kart racetrack, and we'll all get to the finish <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so, no one knows the true origins of Rumpelstiltskin. Though we can speculate its connections with similar stories from ancient Rome, it's unclear where this creature came from. What we do know is that it wasn't until the 16th century throughout Europe that the legend of Rumpelstiltskin started to grow in popularity through multiple retellings. The story was also famous in Europe where it followed the long tradition of stories known knowing someone's name is a way to hold power over them. So, I'm, so can I jump in with some yeah. fun fairy tale lore? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there is a classification system for fairy tales. It's called the Arne Ooh. Thompson Index. Okay. Oh. Um, and all I want in the world is to own 
the Arne Thompson index in its entirety. Oh my gosh. But that's that's a nerdy topic for another time. But <laughs> basically what they do is they break down all of these kind of fairy tale tropes and they assign fairy tales a number classification, kind of like the Dewey Decimal System in a library. And so the Rumpelstiltskin classification number is AT for Arne Thompson 500, which is the name of the helper. That's the category that this falls okay. into. And so... There are a variety of stories that are similar in that they involve a helper and you need to find out their name or something will happen to you. Because you can look at, at a lot of the stories you have listed that I know you're going to touch on here in a second and be like, oh, yes, that is Rumpelstiltskin because it's always spinning gold. It's always the baby. It's always three names or something very similar to that. But there are mm -hmm. other stories that fall into this classification that don't involve a lot of those classic Rumpelstiltskin episodes. Um, classic Rumpelstiltskin elements okay. and probably one of the most well-known is an English story called um, Whoopity Story and it is a, a woman whose husband leaves her and she has a baby and she's in dire straits but she has this pig who is going to give her <laughs> she's going to have a litter and so then she's going to have pigs to sell and she's going to be able to have meat and like that's what all her hopes are pinned on and then the pig gets sick and then she's oh. desperate for, you know, a miracle to save this pig. And a the they call her the green woman appears out of the woods and says, I'll fix your pig for you. What will you give me? And she says, I'll give you anything, like the reckless promise that you make to a fae. And she says, okay. She cures the pig. And then she says, my price is your baby boy. Oh. And she's like, no, you can't have my baby. And she's like, well, we made a bargain. And you said anything. And so that's the price. And she says, but because of the bounds of, like, the magic, you have three days to find out my name. And if you cannot find my name, then the baby is mine. That's so cool. Right? And so, and so then it's this woman, like, she, to clear her head, she takes a walk in the woods. And she stumbles across this person saying, my name is Whoopity Story. And so at the end of three days, she comes back and she's like, well, do you know what my name is? And the woman's like, yep, I do. Here it is. And she goes, ah, you found me out and runs away into the woods and disappears. <laughs> so like a lot of similarities to Rumpelstiltskin, but it's very clearly not like a Rumpelstiltskin variant, but it still falls under this Arne Thompson classification, the name of the helper. Yeah. So that's my fun. Like, that's awesome. No, I, I, we just became best friends. If you didn't know that. <laughs> oh, good. Um, can you please like send me a link about because again a lot of people I feel understand that my background is just in art mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just know about art stuff and art history but I I haven't heard of that and that's the coolest thing to me and I would love yeah, to geek out with that absolutely like, let me send you that's stuff a bottle about the of wine night index <laughs> gonna write myself oh, a wow. note Oh my goodness, I just like fell in love a little. That's amazing. <laughs> anyway, okay, back to something not so lovely. <laughs> so now before we discuss more about popular, about Rumpelstiltskin's popularity in Europe, I have a few of the popular versions of him from around the world. So the first one is in Sweden around 1853. He was described as an ugly and deformed male dwarf who gives the girl gloves that lets her turn the straw into gold. Um, but the thing is, if she can't guess his name, 
she has to marry him. So that's the difference in that version. Listen, <laughs> I think marrying Rumpelstiltskin is more appealing than marrying the king. So You're right. Straight <laughs> up. Like, I, I would just uh, guess the wrong name and say, take me away from here. Yeah. Can you have me and <laughs> Those are your two yeah. choices. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me not only can you financially support me, <laughs> yeah. but you'll care for me and the child and let me live in the forest and be an independent woman? Um, can I just not guess your name and throw in the flag? Because I'm fine with that. Let's just choose Bob, that right? <laughs> and then the next one is in Italy around 1634, the story called The Second Bits of Bacon Rind, and it features a group of fairies instead of a single imp. So in this version, the fairies help with her spinning straw to gold, but the thing is, this is woman helping woman, so they don't even ask for the child. They just help her out, and then they peace out. Um, the next one is, so this is the one that's the most, like, separated, I feel, from it. But it does have a little ties in the actual legend. And due to time, we can't get too much into it, but go look it up. So it's the use of magic language. It is a Mongolian version where a prince must travel and gain knowledge. The prince's companion kills him out of jealousy, and the king and his men must find the meaning of the prince's last words. So this holds a lot in the value of someone's name mm -hmm. in the story, and the power of knowing someone's name. So it's like the most far-stretched from it, but it's a very popular legend, so gotta bring it up. And then the next one is the English version. He is referred to as Tom Tit Tot, and is the most terrifying version of this mischievous imp. In the story, the king, not the miller's daughter, discovers the imp's true name, and the young woman must give herself up if she fails and not her firstborn. So, again, it's kind of like she has to go with the guy, with the Rumpelstiltskin of the story. Um, and again, I didn't read too much about these, I just read a little summary, so there's probably way more to it. But those are the most popular ones that tie in with it. So one of so our now, favorite um, websites, Drew and I, is called Sir Laloon. S-U-R-L-A-L-U-N-E, fairytales.com. And Sir it Laloon. is just a All massive the... collection of fairy tales. And she does annotated versions of them, too. So, like, you're reading through and you'll click nice. on a link and it'll give you some explanation, like some history background. Um, the, the site runner is named Heidi Ann Heiner. Um, okay. She's marvelous. She's also published, self-published these collections of like Cinderella stories from around the world and Rapunzel oh. stories from around the world, where she kind of gets into, again, a lot of the Arn Thompson classifications. And so in her Rumpelstiltskin page, um, one of the tabs across the top is Related Tales. Ooh. And it has, oh, there's, there's like at least 30 on here. Oh, wow. That are... Um, connected and a lot of them like when you click on them for an expansion it'll tell you where it comes from it'll tell you it's Arn thompson classification and it will tell you where you can read it like the text of it online and not all of them are available because of copyright issues right but you can kind of go through and see like okay here's versions from all of these different areas and i was fascinated by the fact that most of the rumpelstiltskin seem to be either british like from the british isles or from like the Slovakian. Oh Slavic. yeah, it's all over. Um, but yeah, seven bits of bacon rind is on here. Um, 
yeah, it's it's really fascinating. She's done such a great amount of research. Man, I feel like you guys. I feel like we're like Princess Jasmine, and you guys are Aladdin, and you're just taking us on this world of all these wonderful worlds. I I am loving it. Like I am swooned. I am ready. And she (laughs) has that. And she has that tab. The like tales from around the world, similar tales from around the world, on every story. So you can look up the variants on Cinderella, Snow White, Hansel and Gretel. Little Red Riding Hood, like every, every like mainstream fairy tale, plus a few more, like the Goose Girl and the Wild Swans and things are on there. Baba Yaga is on there, Beauty and the Beast. It's oh it's amazing. It's amazing. And then there's a page that's just like um, books and movies and uh, like the retellings page basically is on there as well. It just if you're interested in fairy tales and you haven't been to Sir La Lune, please go because... It's There's phenomenal. so much cool stuff on there. So I need this link. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to lose it, but I'm screaming inside. This is really <laughs> exciting for me. Because i that's the thing I hate. I spend hours trying to find fairy tales, and I feel like that would just save me so much time. Oh, yeah. And, and then I can mail her a print being like, thanks for letting me use your <laughs> having a website like a goddess. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, if you guys tell me like something else in this, I'll probably pass out because that's amazing. All of these sources are so good. Woo. Okay. Oh, I'll continue on. Real so, quick. Sorry. Yes. No, go I just for it. have an, a question about Tom Tit Tot that yes. I don't know we can answer, but you mentioned that at the end of Tom Tit Tot, he, well, not at the end, but he is asking for her to come with him instead of her firstborn child, right? Yes. And that is so weird to me. I, like, I can come up in my mind with all these explanations of why he would want a child, but what is he going to, like, he's going to make her his bride, I guess, maybe? I don't know. It just seems weird to me. Yeah, I don't know enough about that story, but maybe the king's just really problematic and he's just trying to help a girl out. Yeah, the king's <laughs> always problematic, so... That checks well, out. true. <laughs> I, I skimmed through um, that one a little bit before we before like coming on today, and uh-huh. what I think is really fascinating is she hasn't talked to the king at all about like this man and his promise and you know whatever, mm-hmm. and then he's just like the king's just chatting with her and he's like, oh, so this weird thing happened. I was out hunting in the woods. <laughs> like I found this little <laughs> tiny like creature impish creature and he was singing this little rhyme about like this is his name and she's like great thank you so much that was so helpful and i thought that was hilarious like that was the funniest part of that story for me no that's a nice way to spice it up though (laughs) i freaking love that oh my goodness this is this is fun you guys know so much about i love it so much okay We, we have been in love with fairy tales and fairy tale retellings since we were 12 years old which for both of us is about two decades now mm-hmm. not to okay. throw our, na- our it's how ages we became there, friends but it's how we became yes. friends oh, yeah. Nice. yeah we found into the woods and we found ella enchanted around the same time and um that's been our bond for 20 years now so oh yeah. wow so we we do know a little bit oh that's so sweet ryan and i's bond are we had to be on government to pay our student loans so <laughs> <laughs> That's not nearly as fun. (laughs) Not at all. Creative team. Uh, (laughs) Okay. All 
right, let me get back to this. I'm sorry, we keep going on tangents, but you guys, I love it so much, so we are all good. All right, so now all the stories have been very here and there, um, especially from the magical library we have just learned about. But um, the Brothers Grimm really helped put Old Rumple on the map. So the story was collected in their 1812 edition of the, I'm not going to pronounce it. Do you want to give it a go, Ryan? Kind of Grimm's Kinder und Hausmarschen. Oh, there you go. And that Hausmarschen. Hausmarschen. <laughs> <laughs> that translates to the children's and household tales. So the narrative became so well known across Europe that the Grimm's actually collected four versions of this legend, which they combined into four, like they combined all four into the legend we know of Rumpelstiltskin today. Um, this version quickly became the poster boy and the story of generations to come in like all the retellings we hear, like this is what people go to for the main source of inspiration. So now, though we don't know the true origins of the legend, we do know the origins of the character name. Rumpelstiltskin's name is thought to have originated from a children's game called Rumpelstilt Oder der Popart. In this game, one child is chosen to be the evil goblin and must chase the other children while making scary noises. The game was first described by a German satirist, I'm saying that so wrong, satirist, satirist yeah. named Jana Fischart in 1577. The name Rumpelstiltskin is German for little rattle stilt. A stilt is a support post of a structure and the name originated with the idea of a type of goblin with a limp which made a noise by rattling house posts and stepping on squeaky planks. So, hmm. and there's also similarities with Rumpelgeist, which means like rattle ghost or poltergeist, which makes sense with the ties of mischievous spirit. I so in the original- love the name Rumpelgeist. I love that word. Isn't That's that such a great, great word. That's phenomenal. <laughs> we could have had Rumpelgeist, but we got <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. We were so close. <laughs> we were so close to that. So, in the original Grimm fairy tale, they substituted the name of the dwarf for Rumpelstiltskin, and later to the German version many, us, many of us know as Rumpelstiltskin. Now that you know all about good old Rumpel, I'm going to hand it off to Ryan to tell us a story about this strange little man. Fantastic. And today's story does have some... Uh, voice acting so I'm gonna leave it up the people so we I need one person to play the king who is uh, or sorry the miller who is blue um, one person to play the king who is green one person to play Rumpelstiltskin himself who is gold and then one person to play the lady who, again, is never named. I keep that. That seems to be a common theme. <laughs> nope. The Miller's daughter, <laughs> who is purple. Um, I I will be Rumpelstiltskin. I will be fantastic. I will be your Miller's daughter. <gasps> there yes. we go. Well, I'll I'll fill in the others because Ryan. All right, Kimmy, you want to be the Miller? I'll be the uh, I'll be the messenger uh, near the end there. Okay, I'll, <clears throat> and I'll be the I'll be the king and the. Oh, wait, yeah, and I forgot about the <laughs> There's more roles than you have people. <laughs> oh, no. I can just um, do that. It's fine. <laughs> I, I okay. Can, it won't be yeah, great, but we'll be okay. here for it. So, <laughs> once upon a time, there was a miller who was poor. But 
but who had a beautiful daughter. Now it happened that he got into a conversation with the king, and to make an impression on him, he said, I have a daughter who can spin straw into gold. The king said to the miller, That is an art that I really like. If your daughter (laughs) is as skillful as you say, then bring her to my castle tomorrow and I'll put her to the test. (laughs) When the girl was brought to him, he led her into a room that was entirely filled with straw. Giving her a spinning wheel and a reel, he said, Get to work, spin all night, and if the morning you have not spun the straw to gold, you will die. Then he himself locked the room, and she was there all alone. The poor miller's daughter sat there, and for her life, she did not know what to do. She had no idea how to spin straw into gold. She became more and more afraid and finally began to cry. Then suddenly, the door opened. A little man stepped inside and said, Good evening, Mistress Miller. Why are you crying so? Oh, answered the girl. I am supposed to spin straw into gold and I do not know how to do it. The little man said, What will you give me if I spin it for you? My necklace, said the girl. The little man took the necklace, sat down before the spinning wheel, and were, 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 three times pulled and the spool was full. Then he put on to another one on, and were, 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 three times pulled, and the second one was full as well. So it went until morning, and then all the straw was spun, and all the spools were filled with gold. At sunrise, the king came, and when he saw the gold, he was surprised and happy. But his heart became even more greedy for gold. He had the miller's daughter taken to another room filled with straw. It was even larger, and he ordered her to spin it in one night. If she valued her life. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's the worst. He's the worst. (laughs) And what we learned from um, our episode swap with you guys is the room did not get that much bigger. But (laughs) we'll get into that later. It's like a landlord trying to upsell a rental property. He just like opened the closet and was like, look, the room is larger. (laughs) (laughs) So... The girl did not know what to do, and she cried. Once again, the door opened, and the little man appeared. He said, What will you give me if I spin the straw into gold for you? The ring from my finger, answered the girl. The little man took the ring and began once again to whir with the spinning wheel. By morning, he had spun all the straw into glistening gold. The king was happy beyond measure when he saw it, but he still did not have his fill of gold. He had the miller's daughter taken to a larger room filled with straw and said, Tonight you must spin it too. If you succeed, you shall become my wife. Uh, he thought. How, how would thoughts go? <laughs> even if she is... I like to think he thinks he has a deep voice. Yeah. Mm, even if she is only a miller's daughter, I will not find a richer wife in all the world. Have you, I like the deep lore you've given to the king. <laughs> Have you guys seen Never Have I Ever on Netflix? No. Oh my no. gosh, it's so funny. All the characters, their inner voices um, are like celebrities. So <laughs> oh, that's main, awesome. The main girl is like, uh, she's an Indian, uh, like teenage girl. And her, th- her name is Devi. And then her thoughts are narrated by John McEnroe. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the That's tennis awesome. player. Yeah. And then like there's one of her friends is a guy, but his inner thoughts are are like narrated by a woman. I can't remember who who it is, but every once in a while they'll like flip perspectives. Like an episode will be a different person's point of view and they get a celebrity who their inner thoughts are provided by and so that's uh, that's, that's what your, your your king's inner thoughts reminded me of the king's just, inner thoughts were morgan freeman yeah. deeply. <laughs> it's just the king is such like a weasel to me i feel like he'd have like a little high squeaky voice and then like his inner thoughts are like ryan was saying morgan freeman yeah. <laughs> oh andy samberg is one of them and then Gigi yeah, Hadid, Gigi, like she's in a love triangle with two boys and one of them his inner thoughts are andy samberg and the other one his inner thoughts are Gigi hadid oh my goodness <laughs> So we're going to gotta do some binge watching today after. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. So when the girl was alone, the little man returned for a third time. He said, what will you give me if I spin the straw this time? I have nothing more that I could give you. Answered the girl. Then promise me after you are queen, your first child. Who knows what will happen? Thought the miller's daughter. And not knowing what else to do, she promised the little man what he demanded. In her turn, the little man once again spun the straw into gold. When in the morning the king came and found everything just as he desired, he married her, and the beautiful, beautiful miller's daughter became queen. A year later, she brought a beautiful child to the world. She thought no more about the little man, but suddenly he appeared in her room and said, Now give me that which you promised. The queen took fright and offered the little man all the wealth of the kingdom if he would let her keep the child. But the little man said, No, something living is dearer to me than all the treasures of the world. Then the queen began lamenting and crying so much that the little man took pity on her and said, I will give you three days time. <laughs> if by then you know my name, then you shall keep your child. The queen spent the entire night thinking of all the names she had ever heard. Then she sent her messenger into the country to inquire far and wide what other names there were. When the little man returned the next day, she began with Casper, Malkar, Balzar, and said all the names she knew. <laughs> and after each one, the little man said, That is not my name. Straight to the point. That's not my name. <laughs> that's not, that's not. <laughs> Wouldn't the you be a little day. offended? Yeah, I all think so. the names in the kingdom. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, really? You're not even really? close. I like it better yeah. when the names she guesses are Bill and Jimmy and <laughs> yeah. Tom. I don't know, Paul. Like, uh, yeah. Pauline? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, they just start doing it. Dave. David. Davy. Yeah. David. David Jones? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So the second day, she sent inquiries into the neighborhood as to what people, what names people had. She recited the most usual and most curious names to the little man. Is your name perhaps Beast Rib or Mutton Calf or Leg String? But he always answered, <laughs> that is not my name. On the third day, the messenger returned and said, I have not been able to find a single new name, but when I was approaching a high mountain in the corner of the woods, there was a fox and a hare. Say good night. I saw the little house. A fire was burning in front of the house, and altogether comical little man was jumping around, hopping in one leg, and calling out, Today I'll bake, tomorrow I'll brew, then I'll fetch the queen's new child. 
It is good that no one knows Rumpelstiltskin is my name. Okay, wait. There are many different versions of this song. This <laughs> yes. is the worst one I've ever heard. It doesn't even rhyme. Also, <laughs> the messenger starts this by saying, I have not been able to find a single new name, but then he gives but, her. But, but he, he found he like, but, I, <laughs> but I did find but I one. Did find one. <laughs> I did find one. <laughs> That's a really good point, yeah. Hmm. Well, they tried. You can imagine now how happy the queen was when she heard that name. Soon afterwards, the little man came in and asked, Now, Madam Queen, what is my name? She first asked, Is your name Coons? No. Is your name Heinz? No. Is your name perhaps Rumpelstiltskin? The devil devil told you that! Shouted the little man, and with anger, he stomped his right foot so hard into the ground that he fell up to his waist. Then, with both hands, he took the fold on his left foot and ripped himself in the middle in two. And they all lived happily no, ever It does not say they all lived happily ever after. It ends with, he ripped himself up the middle in two. That's the end of the story. Uh, and the- then the king demanded they live happily ever after. And then the king said, and we'll live happily ever after. Or else. Or else. Or else. And then his inner voice was like, or else. Like... I mean, at some point, someone's going to walk in her room and see a dude that just ripped himself in half, and there's going to be questions, and... <laughs> Doesn't care about questions. That's fair enough. There are so many questions in this story. So many. That's yeah. the story. There's nothing else. Well, you guys did fantastic in your role. Oh, we, haven't, we haven't done, like, a full story with voice acting all the way through, so that was uh, that was just beautiful i'm Um, so glad you guys are serious too because normally i'll start a voice and ryan will just laugh and then we just laugh for the next 20 minutes because i can't get through i loved your voice for the king i i I loved it they usually end up just being the same voices because we forget whose voice was what because there's only two of us like it's like when we played um that monster dating game the monster dating camp we did voices for each character and like at the end of like a last episode we could not remember who did what any of these people are they all just started to merge into one it was great (laughs) oh well I don't know. How do you guys feel about that story? Did it did it bring you joy? No. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Better or worse than the fairy tale theater version? I think fairy tale Ooh. theater does provide or attempts to provide some answers to some of the questions. So yeah. I may give them a leg up. I think that's okay. fair. Fair. That's But this I... is why I like Rumpelstiltskin so much, this story so much, and why I like Rumpelstiltskin retellings is that anytime an author tries to retell Rumpelstiltskin, they are attempting to answer these questions and fill in all these gaps. And I find that authors are very successful at giving me answers that satisfy these questions. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Even though I have frequently said on our podcast that sometimes I like fairy tales for the potential that they have for retellings more than the version of the story that actually exists, I do not like Rumpelstiltskin at all because (laughs) 
it's so the ending is so random to me it's so abrupt oh my gosh we have to have <laughs> this conversation on every episode <laughs> on every episode it's like it's the one thing drew and i've been arguing about all month like not seriously because yeah, no, no, no. we allow each other to have differing opinions <laughs> we're good at that it almost feels like the brothers Grimm just kind of like ran out of ideas at the yeah, end and they're like they just, oh like, no he ripped like, himself in half it's like, really annoying that you don't get and they all lived happily ever after. Like, we get no yeah. conclusion to None. the Miller's daughter's journey. Right. Nope. Rips himself in half, and it's over. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't even get a name, so yeah. why would we give a woman a yeah. conclusion, she's right? Stuck, yeah. She's stuck in a loveless marriage to a man who yeah. threatened to kill her three times, who three times. is no doubt going to expect her to continue to spin straw into gold. <laughs> At some point. The only happiness she presumably has is this baby. I know <laughs> it makes me I just see little little old lady version of her shaking like him being like you have to make the gold and she's like oh like it just breaks my heart she can't even do it she can't even do it well <laughs> while we take while we take a minute and probably Cassie and Drew fight more about whether <laughs> the story <laughs> is a good ending or not we'll do a little commercial break we'll t- place some bets we'll see where it goes we'll let you guys know when we come back welcome back campers um so if you're wondering the status on the battle it was a really intense cage match that ended in a draw so we will keep you updated about where that goes And a lot of people lost money. Mothman, Counselor Mothman says he is not responsible for any missing bills. So, (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to go back to our story and let's talk about the parents and some fun little facts about old Rumpel over here. So if you're wondering what he is, he is your run-of-the-mill imp. So imps are small, mischievous devil or sprites known to be of small stature and not very attractive. They have pointy ears and commonly wear tights and a tunic and sometimes even a hat. So very, very simple clothes. Um, Now, Rumpelstiltskin has all of these traits, but he's also described to have a button nose, seafoam green or brown eyes, uh, greasy, dirty blonde or brown hair, and it's normally so greasy it like clings to his head, which is great, a great visual. Um, for clothes, it is either something grimy that fits those of a hardworking farmer or something more delightful like a large collared shirt, tight pants, and pointy red shoes that jingle as he walks. So some legends do describe him to have a beard and more of a greasy look to him, but overall he's just very imps vibes like all through and through. Uh, now personality wise, he is an imp, and imps tend to be described as supernatural beings or devil creatures due to some of their powers, which means old Rumpel here's got a few tricks up his sleeve. So here are the abilities he's got. So the first one is the boy is immortal. What? How? Now. He dies at the end of the story. Now. Well, we don't know if that is death. And I guess so. So it could just be his like party trick. Right. And <laughs> So, because that's literally, I knew, I knew someone would say it. And my first point is, I would like to point out, we never know if he really dies. He got split in half. Um, So maybe he disappears, because apparently he can do portal transforming or whatever. We never see it. So we don't 
no. And I just like to think that's how he does a dramatic performance mm-hmm. to like leave so he's mm-hmm. remembered. Because I would do that. Yeah, if, if I could split myself in half and leave a room and never come back, I would totally do that. Like that's a way amazing. to leave a party. Could you imagine? He's like the, yeah, he's like the magician at the kids' party, right? He's like, Rumpelstiltskin the Magnificent. (laughs) Yes. I split myself in two. (laughs) He was like, I asked for a tip, and then does that. (laughs) 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 And in the the shadows, he still, I like to think he teleports to another part of the room. And he said, give me five stars on Yelp. And then there's no way. And then the next one is, though he is immortal, um, he can be damaged by certain weapons and enchantments. Um, I was not able to find any specifics on these. I did find the classic Christians sneaking their way in there being like, a cross will do it. Mm-hmm. Or some holy water, but Iron. we really don't know much. Iron, yeah. Have to bury it upside down, put a very specific <laughs> type of tree in there, and then a stone slab. Yeah. <laughs> how you deal with vampires is a lot yeah. how you deal with imps apparently <laughs> and we're just learning this now <laughs> well i'm i'm always very interested in the similarities that rumpelstiltskin does that was a weird way to say that name and it was incorrect <laughs> just don't you'll get there um <laughs> we're here the the similarities that rumpelstiltskin does have to like traditional fair folk lore yes so mm-hmm. you know there's all those sorts of like superstitions. A lot of them come from England and British traditions um, about like, don't walk into a fairy circle and don't make a bargain with an unknown stranger on the road because like mm-hmm. the fair folk are just waiting to like steal your children or steal you away. And they're not like full on fairy tales most of the time, but they're, they're very common elements. And there's so many that Rumpelstiltskin has like the idea of names having power, this idea of stealing your child changelings right yeah changelings um foundlings like that kind of thing and uh making this bargain like the hasty bargain so there's a lot of elements that fall in line with that kind of traditional like dealing with the fair folk idea no you're completely right and i don't know i think because they're all so similar because imp is a type of a fake creature from what I've learned about it so far. Maybe I'll learn more about it in a month and I'm completely wrong. But from this point in time, <laughs> and I love the idea of trying to use like iron on him and he gets more upset because it doesn't work on imps and you get mm. lectured for 20 minutes about <laughs> fae appropriation and that's hilarious to me. Being like, did you just <laughs> did you just try to use iron on me? And it's like, uh, I just thought you just thought, cause I'm a fae, right? Cause all imps are fae. Yeah. And that seems like the funniest little thing that could come out of a retelling. I mean, of it's Rumpelstiltskin going. Did you just try to use iron on me? That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a fairy. <laughs> He's like, every, and I love the idea that he gets so stressed. He's like, no, 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 you're going to sit down. I'm going to tell you about this yeah. now. <laughs> then he rips himself in half. Yeah. And then he rips himself in half. <laughs> uh, and then, so some other powers he has. He's very intelligent, unless he's drunk, apparently, because then he'll sing his name. And he just says his name. He just likes his name. Uh, it's a good, it's a fun name. I'm not going to yeah. say it's a good name. I'll say it's a fun it's name. It's a fun name. Um, he can turn stuff into gold. 
pretty cool power if you ask me. Um, and then he has teleportation going on, but we don't know how that works. I think it's the rip thing. That makes sense to me. Oh my god, that's what it is. Every time he appears in the room <laughs> it's to help somewhere spin, else, he's, he's just ripped like himself in two. His yep. leg and ripped himself <laughs> in half that's just the mechanism for the teleportation. Yeah. So he wasn't hiding in the hay no. for hours no. before. She... <laughs> no, he Dang. was somewhere else. He ripped himself in two, and then he appeared in the hay. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think his friends are so sick of it. Yeah, we, well, because <laughs> he ball, stomps the floorboard so that he got stuck in the floor. So every time he leaves his house, he stomps his floorboard <laughs> and rips himself in half. Someone's fixing it, and I don't think it's, it's his him. roommate, and he's really upset <laughs> yeah, about it. It's like, so tired we of it. Can you just are the door not going like to get our security deposit bag? back. Like. Yeah. <laughs> His roommate's a brownie, actually, and he's just so sick of it. <laughs> See, this is this is Rumpelstiltskin in the vein that was created by a group of middle schoolers that I worked with, um, who wrote this yeah. like fairy tale mashup play about like support group for fairy tale villains and heroes. I love it's that. It's hilarious, and uh, they're const- the other characters are constantly like being like, "Hey, Rumpelstiltskin," he's like, "Can we? Can you stop? Can you stop saying my name? Like that's kind of my whole thing." Yeah, <laughs> people my, don't know it. Can we? Thing. Can we lay off that? <laughs> Until someone forgets their hat and comes back and says, Hey, Rumple, thanks Rumpel. again. He's just like, <laughs> So, yeah. this is perfect because it transitions into his personality. So, a lot of this I am getting from imps. So, imps are also known to be wild and uncontrollable, much like fairies. Imps are also fond of pranking people, but are known sometimes to take it a bit too far. So they are chaotic free spirits known to cause a lot of trouble, but it's believed they meddle into people's lives because they are lonely creatures that seek out human attention. Though most of their pranks are harmless fun, when they switch up babies with changelings or lead travelers to their doom, humans aren't about that, and they will be like, nah, chief. So now... Rumpelstiltskin is more of a helpful figure in his stories than a prankster. However, much like a typical imp, Rumpel desires human companionship, which explains why he wants a baby so much and why he's so empathetic to the miller's daughter when she cries. He, to me, he is neither good nor bad. Um, This also explains the symbolism of him ripping himself into two in many of these stories. It's showing the duality of him as a character and how He's not a bad fae, and he's not a good fae. He's just a fae with the two different personalities, which I think is a really interesting way to look at it, especially because we don't get any answers in any of the stories about him. So now there is one question I know we all have on our brains. Why the hell does he want a baby? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, in many European folktales, it seems that fairy sprites or enchanted creatures like this man all desire a human child. Since the majority of these legends are oral, they never dive into the creature's backstory and they never have a clear answer as to why they want one. So in this tale, we're never flat out told out why. But we can make a few guesses based off everything we know that goes on around the story. So the first one is he can get a kingdom through the child, which is a good one. 
which is a very good, strong reason to want a baby mm-hmm. is to have power. I never considered that. That's, oh, yeah, yeah, the firstborn child of the king. Heir to the throne. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a real quick way to do it. You don't even yeah. have to deal with labor. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> huh. um, the next is he wants to use the child as part of a spell or, like, eat it. So classic fey move. Yeah. Very uh, Hansel and Gretel, gingerbread yeah. blind witch. Yeah. Just eating the kids out there. <laughs> Maybe it's like a special, like a seasonal snack, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he doesn't want to eat the baby because he's chasing down this specific baby. If he yeah. just wanted to eat a baby, he could find a baby. But he wants Fair. this one. Royal babies taste better. Royal babies taste yeah, better. Royal blood. <laughs> yeah. No, no divine right to rule. Royalty people, royalty there's, humans there's are gold. also humans. There's gold in the blood. There's gold in the <laughs> blood. There's gold in the blood. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> That's how you get your iron, though. Um. So the next is he craves companionship. So though he is able to use his magic to create all the wealth in the world, he isn't able to make a child. The challenge he faces is that he is a mannequin, mannequin, which translates to little man. So at the time, his small size made it pretty much impossible for him to find love in marriage. So due to him being so lonely and essentially giving up on love, he desires nothing more than a baby to care for that will love him in return. So that's messed up. This it's sad. Like we went from one to a hundred real quick kind yeah. of thing. Um. This theory, I think, makes some more sense because he just, he shows empathy for the queen and he just wants something to care for. And as someone that loves babies, I'm like, this is where I sympathize. This is where I feel like it would be at. So though we may never know the real reason as to why he wants one, I feel like these are some good theories that help answer the question. Like, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think it's been really interesting as we've been looking at all these different adaptations to see how people do answer this question. Because Mm -hmm. for most, like, we're setting fairytale theater aside because they didn't even try. But, like, (laughs) most people, especially if they're writing a novel, you know, they're going to answer this question of, like, well, what does he want with the baby? And Mm -hmm. so we read a book um, for the first part of this month where the answer was he was looking for revenge on people who had done him wrong generations past. And so taking their children was his revenge every generation. And then we read one where he did want just what you said at the end. He wanted somebody who would love him and care for him that he could, you know, be a family for. And it's always really interesting to me to see how people answer this question if they go with one of the more obvious answers, which is fine, or if they do something that's more creative. Um, right. There's a book we're not reading this month, but it's a, it's a historical fiction Rumpelstiltskin retelling. It's called Crimson Thread. And in that one, the Rumpelstiltskin character takes, it's not her daughter, but it's like her younger sister because it's more grounded in the real world than a fantasy world. And she believes that he's kidnapped her little sister to get back at her for a promise that she broke. And then you find out that he was just trying to keep her safe from, like, something, and he didn't know where the older sister was. And so when she accuses him at the end, she's like, you kidnapped my sister. She's like, no, I have, she's here. You can have her back. Like, I just just wanted to make sure she was safe. Like, and and so that was, for me, a really creative way of looking at, at that question. But I think it's interesting to see how people choose to address that. Yeah, this is kind of what we're all about over on Of Slippers and Spindles. So each month 
when we choose the fairy tale, we have three to five pieces of criteria that are basically questions that we want answered and we kind of compare the different retellings along the way. And so that's what I kind of enjoy about our podcast so much is that we find these specific questions in these fairy tales that we're like, what the heck? Why does he want this baby? And then mm-hmm. throughout <laughs> the month, we get four or five different answers about why he wants this baby. Oh. And we get to share our thoughts and opinions on them. <laughs> and and yeah, so this is what I find so interesting about fairy tales is they provide these questions. And then throughout the years, as we go on and as we tell the stories again, we provide different answers. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I was just like surface, surface looking it up. I was like, um, these three make sense. No, those are all great (laughs) answers to the question, I think. No, it's, and that's cool. And again, I love that you guys are so into these legends and you have, because you, obviously, you know so much more than Ryan and I about the tales of Rumpelstiltskin. So, like, I'm just coming here and I'm like, hmm, what, like, historic explanation could say what's kind of going on? Which I feel is, it's different than, like, when people get creative, like Cassie was saying, of, like, doing all these different versions, you know? So, it's just interesting to think about how... Like, why? It's like, this is such a weird plot. Why is this such a big thing? But the thing is, it makes us talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes the story popular, which is really cool. Um, so this this is perfect because it leads into the next thing. So now listen. <laughs> I went deep into Google. Um, like, six pages kind of deep. And honestly, I cannot find a lot of events of historic information about the strange little man or, like, celebrations or things with him um i also didn't want to incorporate imps more than i needed to because that's a whole episode topic Mm. by itself that being said i did still need one more section here so i dug deep and i found out why the legend of rumpelstiltskin was told for generations so this tale is known as a woman's tale most commonly known as an old wives tale which I thought was wise tale for the longest time. So that got <laughs> me corrected right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> um, so these tales are types of like urban legends that are passed down from older women to the younger generation. The purpose of these stories was to exaggerate an event to help educate the next generation. The story of Rumpel is a forewarning about what married life could be for a young, uneducated, and easy manipulated female. So during the 18th century, Women dealt with a low literacy rate, being excluded from public life, and having no right to vote. Um, we may not be too far off from that now, but women were found in the labor market working in cottages with two-thirds of them being spinners, which explains why spinning wheels were such a popular symbol in folklore at the time, which I thought was just so, so interesting. Um, Women also gained low wages and were unable to be independent, which resulted in marrying men to gain financial security. The problem is many of these women never wanted to marry. Like the Miller's daughter, they wanted to be independent and free, roaming the forest, living their best cottagecore dream lives. (laughs) So the telling of Rumpelstiltskin helped remind young girls in these situations that if you have to make a bad deal under dire circumstances, You can always use your wits to get out of them. And if you gave girls hope that maybe luck is on their side in a time when it felt like nothing was really going for them, that was just enough to keep the story going. So I thought that was 
I loved that because it was it's just a reminder of why this legend was told so much. It's because it's like ridiculous, a little bit more ridiculous to us now, but it's like it gave people hope. And I absolutely adore that. It's interesting how many fairy tales are passed down to uh, impart lessons upon women and girls. Like Little Red Riding Hood is often interpreted as, you know, a warning about, you know, wolfish men who will yeah. prey upon young girls. Thank you. Or Charles even, Perot. Yeah, Charles Perot. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a moral um, at the end of his Little Red Riding Hood that, like, explains the metaphor in insane detail. And it's like, thank you yeah. for this very explaining. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ah, to end this story with a mansplain, why does that feel so fake? Yeah, yeah. Another one, though, is Beauty and the Beast, right? Like, that's often interpreted as, okay, you may be trapped in a terrible marriage, but it could turn out okay. And I don't know if that's the best lesson. Like, Little Red Riding Hood, you can get, even though Charles Perrault mansplains it at the end, it's still a good lesson. Men are going to prey upon women and that's terrible. And you know, you should be on alert. The beauty and the beast one. I don't know if that was the intention of the authors of that story, but it's been interpreted that way many times and it's not great, honestly. No. (laughs) What is, what is Stockholm syndrome? Am I right? It is not real. (laughs) There's no such thing as Stockholm syndrome. We got into the whole And Beauty and the Beast, especially Disney's Beauty and the Beast, is not (laughs) Stockholm syndrome. If you would like me to talk about this for the next two hours, I would be happy to. So just take his word from it that he's like, or you can visit our Disney Beauty and the Beast episode of our podcast. There we go. There we go. In depth. There we go. I trust their judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about now, but it's still so relevant at the same time. So I just was like, oh, I've never gone down that history, like, rabbit hole. So I thought that was super interesting. There was also, like, a bunch of things talking about, like, the effects of pregnancy at the time. And I didn't want to get too much into it. But, like, it was rough. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. it was so hard to have kids. So, like, if you did have one, it was, like, a big deal. And that's, like part of the reason why it's believed Rumpel was like, I want the baby because there's not a lot of them floating around, you know? Mm, yeah. But we'll go we'll go into our next section. Um, so now normally, this is when I'd have us play a game. And the game is called, Is It Science or the Church? But I am sad to say... I'm so disappointed. I could not, fo- I could not find... <sighs> Stuff about science. Get a pass this week. I was looking sure. forward to this. Yeah, we'll count it as a win. So Ryan, normally we'll have you guys pick. Um, there is something that I found connecting to what it could be. So if you guys just want to take like a shot in the dark guess, I don't know if you read the notes before, <laughs> so you may know. And then you could totally lie and get a point. I'll give it to you. (laughs) But this week we will be covering psychology. So this was really... That's science. You could have done science in the church. The the science is explaining what's 
what it is, but this doesn't oh, okay. explain what Rumpel is. Gotcha, this is explaining gotcha. something related to him. Does that? Okay. So that's yeah. why okay. I couldn't really do it. Um, you guys both get gold stars for just being here. Hey. So Yay. Participation. Participation trophy. Were these gold stars well, uh, spun from straw? Yes. I knew it. They were, they were hand, what is it, cross-stitched just for you guys. Wow. <laughs> so the value and power of using personal names and the title is well-established in psychology, management, teaching, and trial law. This is referred to as the Rumpelstiltskin principle. It's an ancient belief that we see in many folklore that if you tell someone your name, they have power over you. That's because your name is a big part of what makes you you. Without names, there is nothing. Names are given to animals, plants, peoples, even objects. And when something doesn't have a name, it's hard for us to connect with it. Um, and it can make something seem like it's not of this world or it's godlike or it, it like a spirit. Like it just doesn't connect with us as humans in a way. So in knowing someone's name, they can lose a sense of power. They don't they lose the sense of them being this like immortal thing or godlike creature or just a spirit. It's so this is such a hard concept to explain. So I'm really trying to like. I have a good example. I have, a I have a good example. Okay. So this I'm stealing this from the TV show Community. Um, but if I hold up a pencil and I break it, you feel nothing. If I hold up the pencil and I said this is Fred, and then I break it, something in your heart breaks a little bit as well. <laughs> That's it. That's because you can you connect to that pencil because you knew its name. Yeah, and and that's it. That's I should have just said that, but you know I love your thing so much better. Well, I thought of mine while you were explaining yours, so it was a team effort. <laughs> it was te teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. So, so there. I thought it was interesting that it's called the Rumpelstiltskin principle. Um, this does go into my friendly PSA that no matter how pretty the fae are, you do not want to give them your name. Um, as someone that would dive headfirst into a fairy circle full of fae wine, I do know that I would give them a code name so they couldn't completely sweep me up into their run. So <laughs> I would I would jump into the fairy realm, but they wouldn't be taking notes on who my name is because you got power with that. So. Now that we know that little fun fact, I want to hand it over to Ryan for good old modern takes. All right. So today I'm going to be talking about the greatest Rumpelstiltskin story ever made, and that is Shrek Forever After, also known as Shrek 4. Um, so I'm just gonna, uh, we're not, we're not, we don't give spoilers is the main thing. So I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. But basically, in Shrek 4, Rumpelstiltskin is talking to Fiona's parents, and he's like, I'll go free your daughter from the tower she's in in the first movie. In exchange, you give me your entire kingdom. But right as they're about to sign the little paper, um, Shrek had already freed Fiona, and a messenger came and let him know. Anyway, so... Rumpelstiltskin's a little more of like a trickster in this one. It's not so much just like, give me this and I'll take this. It's just him like, he basically tricks Shrek into like the day he saved Fiona not happening anymore. 
Um, and it's very good. Highly recommend watching the Shrek series. Um, but I want so I didn't have a whole lot for modern takes this week, but you had talked about um the Marissa Meyer like cursed thing. Um and you said that's wrong, and the book hasn't come out yet for that, right? So the, yeah, so it's a duology. So the first book came out last November. It's called Gilded. And then the second one is coming out this month on November 8th. So by the time this episode comes out, it will be out in the world. And so her... That's way more modern than Shrek the Four. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you would like to give a quick little like summary of those oh, books. Boy. So that sounds awesome. Yeah, so... Like, it, it doesn't got to be a lot. Yeah, but. I, I can tell you a little bit. It's about the main character, the Miller's daughter, is a girl named Cyrilda. And this world... She gets a name. Is, yes, she does. <laughs> she um, gets a name. She's named after... <laughs> Marissa Meyer's like great great grandmother or something like that, which is really cool. But this world is very much influenced by like German mythology. So lots of German creatures and monsters live in this world. And mm-hmm. one of those creatures is the Earl King. Have you guys talked about or do you know do you know about the Earl King? So he is a, a German mythological creature who re- leads who leads a hunt on the full moon. And so he's, an, he's like a dark, evil character, probably someone you guys would be really interested in uh, learning more about. But he is the king in this version. So Cyrilda has been blessed slash cursed by the god of stories and lies and fate and fortune. And so people often don't believe her. And she tells a lot of stories. And she uh, is believed to be bad luck by the people in her village. And so one night um. she... Um, comes across the Earl King and for reasons that make a lot of sense within the book of uh, of this world she ends up claiming that she can spin straw into gold and he ends up coming back to her on the next full moon and says okay come spin straw into gold for me and then she she goes with him the first night and she meets the Rumpelstiltskin character who in this version is an 18 year old boy who is a poltergeist in the Earl King's castle and I don't think it's spoiler to say that Rumpelstiltskin is actually the romantic interest in this version of the story. Oh, so that's nice. kind of like the first quarter of the book. So no, there, there were no spoilers there. Yeah, um, but it's really interesting. It's really cool, really fleshed out world, great world development, and interesting characters. And I am so eager to find out what happens next. I like how we went from classic little Rumpelstiltskin man to attractive. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> in such like a short amount of time. If you if you've seen Rumpelstiltskin and Shrek the Fourth, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> well, in the book I mentioned earlier, Crimson Thread, um, Rumpelstiltskin is also the romantic interest in that one, which uh, I think is an interesting way to take it. And then the other books that we read for our month of Rumpelstiltskin retellings, which you can count as kind of modern interpretations, we read A Curse Dark as Gold by Elizabeth Bunce. Um, we also read Spinners by Donna Jo Napoli and Richard Chen, but we don't recommend that one. Um, well, well, we kind of recommend like a... it. That's not true. It's really, really good, except for the, the ending. Until the end, ending. and then the end ruins it. And that's my opinion. He, does he not rip himself in <laughs> no, there? No, he does. That that's the problem. No, he does, and that's why oh, it's that's bad. The <laughs> but I think we also should talk a little bit about Rumpelstiltskin and Once Upon a Time. I was because he was too. just about He's to such say. a central figure in that, and they do... Honestly, some fascinating things. Like, listen, that show went off the rails really fast. But season one was really strong. 
Yeah. And one of the things that I liked the most about what they did with all this, you know, fairy tale lore is how they took the idea of Rumpelstiltskin and they just like broadened him so much. Like he was behind everything and his whole thing about deals and riddles and magic having a price. Like, what will you give me for this? And all these bargains that he made. I think it was a really fascinating look at the character, even if they didn't know how to spell his name. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't get me you can't started. can't have it all. <laughs> e before L. They also do really interesting things with him regarding like why he wants a baby. So the Rumpelstiltskin mm-hmm. plays out, the Rumpelstiltskin story plays out. I think I just pronounced it the way that you did earlier, Cassie, um, <laughs> with an extra K. <laughs> but it plays out in flashbacks. And there's a certain reason he, he is involved with the baby in that. And then later on in these flashbacks, there are other reasons that he wants a baby that come up with the Cinderella character and the Snow White character and the central character of Once Upon a Time, Emma. So they they do a really good job of fleshing out the Rumpelstiltskin side of his story. He's also the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, and some people are obsessed with that relationship. I don't oh, like it so much. I don't I, love I, that interpretation. I thought it was so cute. <laughs> no, I thought it was so toxic. But, but I it was, like how it was they handled him as well. toxic in a cute way. <laughs> it, was, it was toxic cute. I understand it was toxic cute. But man, that hooked me and my mom in like right away. But to be <laughs> fair, the moment I saw Hook, it was over oh for me. And like, my God. I, listen, I, there was one point where I manifested my boyfriend. He said I say it, but I did. And one of the pictures on, I put like pictures of Johnny Depp and I put Hook on that board because I knew what I like. I <laughs> And it was... And it's so funny because I look back now and I was like, wow, I really liked Hook. And my mom would watch it with me and she's like, oh, look, it's your future husband. I was like, oh, oh, honey, you know, because he was just so attractive. When they first released the like promo pictures of like, okay, this is Hook. And I saw that I had a physical like reaction, like in my heart (laughs) or in my mind. I don't know. I was like, oh, this man. (laughs) You started singing sea shanties, oh my and you didn't know why. You were like <laughs> a pirate's life for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We listen. Our friendship has just bloomed. The fact <laughs> that you love Hook. He was too. my phone like wallpaper for a while. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I know we're supposed to be talking about Rumpelstiltskin, but <laughs> when there is an attractive pirate in the same plot, I'm going to change the topic. <laughs> like, I get Ryan works hard for modern takes. But Whether it's Davy Jones or Killian Jones, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> if it has an eye patch or a hook, I am all about that. <laughs> that's, the, that's the minimum requirements. Oh, that's so great. But no, I... I do like how you did the strike for your modern take, right? Yeah, I like. I, I actually had like a, a kind of a hard time with this one. Like, I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't seen Once Upon a Time, so that didn't help. Um, apparently, I need to go watch it. No, you don't. But no, season I don't. One. Okay. Season one, you do. Season one just is, is okay. okay. I'm gonna watch one season of Once Upon a Time yeah. and then stop. But you're um, not wrong. There's not a lot. Like there are. Almost no movies. There's one movie from the oh. 80s that's like an hour long. It's the canon movie Tales version. It's a musical. I've never seen it, but apparently yeah. it's decent. But people don't do Rumpelstiltskin a lot in like no. movies and stuff. And I think it's purely because there's not that many like 
variations of the story. Like there are like a lot of different variations, but at the end of the day, there's only so much you can do with a guy sews golden yarn and tries to steal a baby, you know, I guess (laughs) once upon a time did it, uh, apparently, but, um, but yeah, so I think that had a lot to do with it, but yeah, um, so that was Modern Tanks with Ryan and, (laughs) and everyone else. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All all the modern takes. And then what we'll do before we jump into our Loring alignment chart, um, we want to give Drew and Cassie a moment to tell us about their show, where you can find them, and their best links. Just take take a moment to brag about the amazing things you're creating over there. So as Drew said uh, earlier at the beginning of this episode, we are a fairy tale focused podcast and we pick a story every month and look at all these different modern interpretations of that story. And we have a good time doing it. We just passed 100 episodes, which is kind of mind-boggling. But also super cool. And we're around a lot of places on the internet, and we really like to hang out with our listeners. Um, We love interacting with you guys. Well, you guys, if you come over, migrate to our (laughs) podcast. Um, But we have a Facebook page um, of Slippers and Spindles. And anybody can join that if you have a Facebook. We've got an Instagram page of Slippers and Spindles where we post a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Drew makes beautiful graphics and uh, does these wonderful deep dives into, uh, I don't know, our history sometimes. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of pictures of me in high school on the Instagram this week. <laughs> um, That's why you should join, just exactly. for that That's because we just did like our Ask Me Anything uh, episode. So this week is all about us before we jump back into our fairy tales. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, if you follow the link in our bio on our Instagram, you can get to our merch shop as well. So we do have merch. We haven't mentioned our merch in a while. Yeah, we forgot to. Um, but we do have merch for our show as well. And we do have a Patreon. So if you are able to join our Patreon and support us financially, that's patreon.com slash of slippers and spindles. The main feature on our Patreon is that we do like a book club with our patrons that are like additional fairy tale books that we can't cover on the podcast. So that's super fun. But most importantly, you can find the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and basically anywhere that you find podcasts. If you just search of slippers and spindles, you will find us. And we'll have a direct link in our show notes. And like always, you go to our website, they will be on the alluring listen page. So we'll have all of that for you guys (laughs) now. On to the Loring alignment chart. I will start because I like to start fights. Um, I put him a little bit more towards chaotic, but I don't think he's good or bad. So I want to put him as neutral, a little bit chaotic and neutral, and I want to stick with that. I put him more as lawful because he's got these rules. Yeah, but he's imp. He's an imp, though. Yeah, you know? but he has babe, maybe. Rules. Yeah, but I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking mostly at like the fairy tale itself, and, and yeah. like the fact that he abides by this bargain. Like he makes this deal and says, "If you can guess my name, like if he was truly chaotic, she'd be like, is your name Rumpelstiltskin?'" And he'd be like, "Sure is. I'm taking the baby." <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, that's fair point. So they're weird rules, and I don't know what <sighs> higher force is governing them. Yeah. 
I, I also said lawful neutral. Because, um, yeah, I mean, the set of rules, like the name thing, and then also, like, we don't know what he's doing with the baby. So <laughs> okay. if I had a little more information, maybe he'd go a little more evil. Um, or he'd but, go good. You don't. <laughs> or he'd go good if he was like, I'm going to take this child so it's not raised by, like, an evil monarch. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, look, that but king sucks. if he's going <laughs> to eat the child, right, <laughs> might go a little the other way. So I'm going to put it neutral just because of the severe lack of um, solid information. Okay. I was thinking chaotic at the beginning of the podcast. And then as yeah. we... As we've talked through it through the episode, I was like, no, this guy is lawful. Like, he he abides by these rules and sticks to them. So, I agree. Lawful neutral. I like having other people on this show (laughs) because every week, Kimmy just puts them way on the other side of the spectrum that I do. And I'm just sitting here like, what? So, now it's three on one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I also... For my defense, as the lone person suffering in the opinion <laughs> of a single individual, um, I do it based off the notes I write. Yeah. So, like, the discussion has swayed me, but this is what past Kimmy has decided, so this is what shall happen. <laughs> this, yeah. this checks but out the, to me, because I think you were thinking about the imps of it all, and yes. we were thinking about the specifics of the Brothers Grimm story. And so exactly, I can see yeah. how we would come to very different conclusions through that. And I mean... Yeah, yeah so, that's usually what happens. The stories are off the rails and then the stories are like, you know... And, <laughs> you know it's like one or the other. And him showing up at all in the beginning, that's chaotic. Yeah. Like, like the true. fact that he randomly appears in this room with this girl who has to spin around to go and he's like, hmm, that sounds like fun. I could do that. That's the power right. that I happen ripping to have. Ripping himself in half. <laughs> ripping himself in half is chaotic. <laughs> Maybe he's just neutral, neutral. <laughs> Maybe he's just neutral, <laughs> like neutral. He just he's just right, right in, the in the middle there. Hmm. <laughs> Unless he eats children or he saves children. And then that's like yeah, the shake. That'll yeah. sway the left. Right, I guess it yeah. depends on like, is he obeying these laws because he's choosing to, like, he has his own code, or is he obeying these laws because he has to? Like, there's yeah. governing um, rules of the Fae, but if those weren't there, man. <laughs> boy. <laughs> he's like He'd be kidnapping palace, children like, all day without asking under, for under duress. Yeah. What, what is it? It's like a Christian on a leash? Isn't that, like, the phrase for it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Have you heard of that I heard that at church and I cackled so loud. It's like, if you need to have a set of rules, like to say, you'll go into heaven if you do this, you're just a Christian on a lease. And yeah, it makes it's like, me laugh so hard. If, if someone asks, what, what, what keeps you from, what keeps an atheist from murdering all the people they right. want? The answer is, I do murder all the people I want. I murder zero people because zero. that's how many yeah. people I want to murder. <laughs> right. That's it's like if your answer to like if the purge happened and like you could do anything that you wanted, like what would you do? And your answer is I would go kill somebody. Like that's that's questionable to me. Like yeah, that's I would go You're and get all of my student loan lawful? forgiven. Like yeah. I would hack into the system and eradicate student debt. That's what I would do. I wouldn't go yeah. kill somebody. Amen. That's what we would all do. That's yeah. that's how you know right away. 
we would be like, we have to break into the main server. Yeah. And erase student loan debt. <laughs> well, well, all that's right. great. Well, I want to stick with my guns. I feel like neutral neutral is kind of a good balance between, but I definitely side with the imp thing, which is yeah. definitely more chaotic. So, wow, you guys were so nice about it too. Ryan and I normally just go ham at each other. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you guys are like, the good like parents in this episode <laughs> and you're like teaching us all this fun stuff and we're learning all these things and ryan and i are like the unhinged children just trying our best <laughs> speaking of which in you, call, your... you keep calling yourself unhinged and you, you guys are like so good at like yeah. sticking to like the script and like what what you want to <laughs> do and you, everything is so organized um i did into your research links in your show notes yes. i did drop the link to sir Laloon and the arn thompson index oh, fantastic online, so. beautiful human being <laughs> our show <laughs> our research links go from some nice wordpress sites to shrek fandom wiki oh it's it's i feel like so much of this episode will seem very well structured when we re-listen to it and then there's going to be little spouts of chaos <laughs> yeah. in it yeah. <laughs> I think that is appropriate for a Rumpelstiltskin Rumpelstiltskin. episode. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) All right. right. So before we head out, we like to say there are two takeaways for our campers. Like, hey, campers, don't do this, or campers, do this. So we'll have Ryan pick one, and then you guys can pick the other one. So Ryan will lead the path. What's your takeaway for this Um, episode? Go right now and learn to use a spindle just in case. Okay, learn That's to good. use a spindle just in case. And what would you guys have for another one? I have a good one. Take Ooh, it. Okay. Let me think about how to phrase this. Hold on. It's okay. We'll work through it. Yeah. We'll workshop no, I, it. I, it's good. It's good. <laughs> if in order to get what you want, the person is going to guess your name, do not shout your name until the deal is done. I don't know if I phrased that correctly, but I think you know what I'm saying. If getting what you want is dependent on a secret that literally only you know, don't shout the answer Keep your to mouth that shut. secret until the deal is done. <laughs> no matter how secluded you feel in those woods, just keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth three days. shut. He only needed to not yeah. say his name out loud for three days. Do you know how many days oh. I go in a row without saying my name out loud? Probably weeks. You, your alarm <laughs> clock isn't a song that's like, good morning, Drew, we're here to... It is, but now I'm going to change it. <laughs> now that you've learned... I've learned the lesson. You've learned the lesson. <laughs> don't don't go yell, hollering your name and learn to use a spindle just in case. <laughs> oh, Love that's it. so great. Well, thank you so much, everyone. And thank you guys for joining us. This has just been... This was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and again, go check out their stuff after you're done around our campfire. And thank you so much for listening. This has been alluring. You just have the most alluring day ever. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.
And that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Alluring, go check out our website, Alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legend you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.